This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. To another episode of That's Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host Jay Rosales. It is Friday, December the 11th, when we are recording this, which is yes, the same day as the beginning of the NBA preseason. Exciting times, boys. How are we feeling, Dre? How are you doing, buddy? I'm kind of confused because never have my 12 days of Christmas coincided with the start of the NBA. So uh, basically, I'm trying to figure out in my head like an actual appropriate version. I mean, we basically get the start of the league, Christmas, and who he played for all in the same weekend. Are you kidding me? I am so excited. Uh, Jay, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I have a quick question, man. For the both of you, which commercial was better? The uh, Christmas one with you have KD, Steph, Harden, all of them uh, playing Christmas jingles by shooting threes? Or the uh, OG and one uh, sneaker commercial when you have like Vince Carter in there and they're all like break dancing and, and everything? Which I'm one's the better commercial? I'm sorry. I, I, I'd like to be biased, but it has to be the, the Christmas jingles with the, the, the three pointers. I mean, come on. It. Yeah, I, I, I would so agree. I, I'm only I'm going to agree basically because it's it's more linked towards Christmas. Like the better okay. commercial was the other one, but yeah, I'm going to agree with Dre on this. Like the it, it more is more linked to to the holidays. So yeah. okay, I feel you. I I think I can't get rid of the OG one because that even thinking about it right now it gets me going, man. And, oh, and it's crazy to think that we're back in the basketball season preseason happens today and i don't know if you guys saw but the la lakers released a picture of their court and it's kind of strange because it looks like the bubble but it's not they have all the seats basically covered with like the la symbol uh they have all the court side completely gone and basically what happens if 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 someone shoots an air and air ball or passes like an errant pass it's gonna go flying all the way to like the corner of the arena so i don't know if you guys seen that but it looks pretty crazy i think the, the lakers image i just can't get out of my head is just seeing mark gasol wearing danny green's number and it's it's quite a scene uh yeah i get all the feel just watching those highlights it's gonna be just strange thinking that this is the beginning of the season but there you have it i mean that that's what it is and and you know what it it, it goes to show that basketball even during a crazy year like 2020 hopefully well it's gonna end soon everybody but that doesn't mean that the basketball news ends it always 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 is crazy nba is the best and worst league and jay tell us why Oh, it's why is because it's the players that just make this so interesting. Most other leagues, you're looking at, you know, what are the different stories behind the teams and 
who's going to win the championship. No, it, it's way more than that in the NBA. We have superstars that are dictating the stories and the headlines that we speak about every week. And this week, those superstars are Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and to a lesser effect, Kyrie Irving. So that's how we're going to start off this episode, is starting off with the two-time reigning MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let the a rumor mill begin. I know. And and a lot has happened over the last week. On Sunday, since we last recorded, he celebrated a birthday on Sunday, and that he's now 26. I know there were some grumblings, and I think we may have even mentioned this in the last episode, that you know, if he's going to announce that he is re-signed with the Bucks, his birthday would appear to be that right type of day and timing. Just if you think about his the way he brands himself, and nothing happened that day. And well, let, let's give a quick rundown of what's happened, what his week has been like, and okay. I will ask you guys to kind of chime in on on the various things here. Okay, so Sunday, it's his birthday. What does he get? He gets pens, a whole lot of pens. <laughs> um, you know, apparently it's a, it was like a lineup of guys just handing him a pen. As a I believe player. first it was Chris Middleton. And then Giannis was like, I don't know what this is for. And then he realizes that it was basically so he could sign an extension. And then after that, more pens came in and more pens came in. And then he basically ended up with like 20 to 30 pens for his birthday <laughs> from his teammates. Right. And thanks, guys. Said, thanks. Like, it, was, it was funny the first couple of pens, but when, <laughs> once it started yeah. it's like 20 <laughs> pens, it's like, all right, what's happening here? So we have got that. Now I'll, I'll leave out my commentary on that. I'll just try to state some facts here. Um, and then uh, no announcement of a, of a re signing. Monday, the, they have practice, no media availability. Then Tuesday rolls around, media availability. Giannis steps up to the mic and basically says, I. I'm not talking about my contract extension right now. I'm not focused on that. I'm focusing on myself and I'll leave the contract discussions to my agent. Um, again, I will not comment on this yet. I'll leave that to you guys to comment on. And finally, that evening, the Raptors released their much anticipated open gym documentary, the first two episodes of a four part series. And in the second episode is a very, very interesting inclusion there by the Open Gym folks. It's a flashback to the 2013 NBA draft and footage of Masai Ujiri trying mm-hmm. on two different occasions to trade into the lottery to try to draft Giannis Antetokounmpo. Again, this is very interesting. And the timing of it is is quite peculiar considering it's during a time when contract extensions are being discussed and it has not been signed and the Raptors have been linked to Giannis for well up eight years now so lots of the digest there uh Dre your initial thoughts on his birthday his deflection of signing his the open gym video what, what are your initial thoughts here well first off happy birthday secondly um I think that uh part of this kerfuffle is that the offseason is much shorter than usual. So usually by the start of the season, you have all the moves that were going to be made. All of the rumblings have kind of subsided, but we obviously have a, a couple and we're going to get into another one soon. It's not quite as secure as it would have been in other seasons because at the start of the NBA season, all of the stuff has been wrapped up. They've been, you know, working together trying to get ready for the next season. And then if this type of stuff just continued, it would happen closer towards the trade deadline where you see stuff like um, that D'Angelo Russell trade, which basically took half a season to fulfill. Um, you know, the Timberwolves wanted him. They didn't get him. They wanted him again. He eventually went over. So uh, in this instance, for me personally, I think it's a little um, – different that we're still hearing these types of talks when the start of the season's around the corner and i feel like it only exacerbates the situation for players like Giannis who are trying to think about all possibilities right now but at the same time has to be game ready for around the corner what i foresee can happen players like him and the guy we're going to talk about next uh you know (laughs) Big, big surprise. Um, 
there could be a lot of Anthony Davis type situations where it's like, that's it. I basically don't care. And they just don't perform until they're traded. Or I guess since it's the Raptors podcast, more appropriately, a Vince Carter type situation where it's like, well, eh, you know, like I don't really want to be here. So I have a feeling that Giannis is torn. He wants to be there because he likes his buddies and Middleton's like a brother to him. He wants to contend. He wants to win. He doesn't want to keep being pegged as the guy who storms down the lane and dunks because that's what he's basically been labeled as, even though he's a back-to-back MVP. So still in his prime, he's still getting better, but he's being held back. But being a Greek Hmm. guy myself, it's all about family. It's all about... um, you know, brotherly love. He doesn't want to leave his guys, but at the same time, he's like, I, I got to. So I think he's in a complete, another state. I don't think he's hiding anything. He's made it apparent that he's considering other options, but I think personally, he's like completely torn right now. And that's why he doesn't want to talk about it. It's not a secrecy thing. It's more so he just doesn't want to talk about it because the guy is torn. He's, he's like all over the place emotionally right now. That's the way that I read it. I think so. There's there's two parts of this question. One is is that uh, Masai and Bobby beautifully shot and displayed on Open Gym. Spoiler alert: If you guys haven't seen it, it's all over social media. So it's really easy. It's just like a two minute snippet of them during the 2013 draft trying to trade into because that year they traded for Kyle Lowry, but they never had it with a draft pick so they never actually had a draft they were trying to trade into the draft to get the 12th pick or the 14th pick and they couldn't do it so the the fact that the raptors and open gym did that that's that's no coincidence they did that on purpose and and i and i was i was listening to tim and sid and they had a completely correct that's legal tampering because let's be real you they can't you can't say anything about Giannis, right but they can say that you know in 2013 we they our, our leaders, Bobby and Masai, were trying their hardest to get someone that is going to be a free agent next year, hopefully. That is meticulous. That is very, very to the point. And, and it's genius on Open Gym and Raptors part because there's no way that the Raptors will say, uh, will, will allow that to happen if they didn't want to show that. So it's it's uh, for the Raptors and Open Gym, beautiful. For Giannis, and I think you're right, Dre, I, at the same time, I don't know what you know reporters really want him to say. Unless, besides, okay, I'm either staying or I'm either going. At least he's not doing like the James Harden route, where they're like, "Nah, I'm heading out of here, and these are the destinies I want to go." For him, it, it's true. He uh, he understands that it is up to his agent, it is up to his team, and his team obviously wants him to stay. But you know, is it right for him? Because clearly, Milwaukee has kind of screwed up during this offseason so what does it take what is it going to take and if it means you know bringing james harden over by all means do it <laughs> as a toronto raptors fan do it because i don't see that team i see that team imploding so there's so much to uh, unwrap here and i've never been uh, a person to say you know we're going to get Giannis in 2021 or or th- this is the year and 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 because at the end of the day, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, and I want our, our team to succeed. So it means that I'm going to root for Kyle Lowry. I'm going to root for Fred Van Vliet. I'm going to root for Malachi. I'm going to root, I'm root for Aaron Baines. So I'm. I'm just, it's hard not to focus on the later year of uh, possibly getting someone like Giannis Caliper. But you know, with all these storylines, it's hard not to think about it. You know, it's hard not to take away the fact that it could. It could be a possibility. You never know, you know, and especially the fact that they released that from 2013. They were trying to get somebody that no one paid to be a a two time MVP. But somehow, some way, Bobby and Masai saw that happening. So, Jay, I know that you don't want to like get into all the Well, maybe you do want to get all the rumors. But what do you think, man? What are your initial thoughts when you first saw that? The, the contract negotiation part is, is the one that really, you know, raises my eyebrows here. By him deflecting and saying my agent will, will handle it is actually, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm oversimplifying it here, but I think we can all agree that Milwaukee is offering or has already offered the Supermax. And there isn't much negotiating there. It is there. We're, we're giving you 
the most amount of money that you can possibly get. So there's no negotiating that that Giannis and his agent have to do. They their decision is yes or no. So to deflect and say I'll leave it up to my agent is not really that convincing because it's up to you, Giannis, because you just say yes or no. So for him to def- deflect is is not a good sign if you're a Bucks fan, right? Um, so yeah, there's there's that. So I, and, I think that there's no way that Giannis doesn't see the transactions that are going on. For example, the most recent uh, max extension from Paul George, he sees he he has to see this, right? And yeah. if he wants the money and and he wants to you know stay with the team, then do it, right? Like it's, you're right, definitely. They already gave that gave them the option. So when you have someone like Paul George who clearly didn't show up in the playoffs, get that much money. Like if it's all about the money, he would have signed it. Yeah, agreed. And he also said in previous discussions about why or why not, you know, what what this upcoming season means and why or why not he would sign a contract extension or or just sign even at the end of, of next season. He specifically said, I will trust John Horst and the rest of the executive team here to put a, a team around me and surround me with a team that's a, a championship winning team. And they did their best. They got Drew Holiday. They moved around some pieces. And, you know, you figure if they had done a good enough job, don't you think he would have signed that extension then? Wouldn't, wouldn't that have been enough? The fact that he still hasn't tells me He's not convinced, at least not 100% to, to put pen to paper. So at the very least, this leaves open the possibility that he will leave at the end of the year. Again, it, it's very much possible that he goes into the season without an extension and still signs a max deal with the Bucks this in the summer of, of next season. It's very much possible. And, and if I were to put money on something, I would probably still put my money on that. However... The fact that he still hasn't resigned it and the fact that he's kind of deflecting is is not a good sign for for Bucks fans and really a really good sign for for everybody else. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll kind of close off this this topic by taking us down a little rabbit hole here. And and both of you kind of touched upon it here in terms of, you know, what what could have happened in that 2013 NBA draft. I'll yep. take you a little bit further back to the end of the 2011-2012 season. And uh, the the Raptors were, I believe, they were tied or about to um, finish in a certain position in the draft. Uh, sorry, in the in the regular season that would have um, allowed them to have a more favorable draft pick. All they had to do in the final game of the 2012 NBA season was to lose a game to the ironically, New Jersey Nets or Brooklyn Nets. I can't remember if they were in New Jersey. I think they were in New Jersey. Uh, I think they were New Jersey at the time. New Jersey. Ben Uzo had the game of his life. Popso also had an outstanding game and the Raptors won. They did not know how to tank and they, they won the game. And what seemed like a meaningless game between lottery teams proved very detrimental. So what happened from that was... The Raptors did not get the number six pick, a number six pick that they very likely would have used on drafting Damian Lillard. Let's take this. Let's go down this rabbit hole a bit further. Assuming the Raptors then have Dame Lillard, they probably don't trade for Kyle Lowry, which means the following season when they have the 12th pick, they no longer have to trade for it. They have the 12th pick. Then they draft Giannis. So... You have a team of Dame Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and with those two alone, that's probably enough to save Brian Colangelo's job, which also means Masai Ujiri is not pried away from Denver. So my question to you guys is this. Would you rather have gone down that route of the Dame Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, but no Lowry, no Masai timeline, or are you happy with our current timeline of having Masai, having Lowry, and having a title. Dre, Absolutely what do you not. think? Absolutely not. Basically, what was the first thing that Masai did? He got rid of Bargnani, which was, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> my point is, it's not so much the fact that I don't like Bargnani. It's he recognized the team's problems from the get-go. He's a guy who recognizes talent in a team when other GMs or other coaches – other owners 
would basically just give up and say, well, we're just going to trade for whatever, you know, and their teams implode. The type of stuff where it's like, hmm, well, we need somebody with James Harden on the Rockets. What about Russell Westbrook? They've played together before. By the way, small ball is really cool. That is like a lack of vision. What we gained is proper vision, great leadership, and yes, it's flashier to say Dame Lillard and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, but who knows if that would have worked under bad organizational leadership? Who knows what would have stayed, what we would have done with that, if we would have traded them for, for something even worse, like we've seen time and time again in Toronto history. In all honesty, like I like where we are. It took longer to get here, but we got a championship. The Raptors way, the not-so-flashy way, you know, outside of Kauai. And we might, slim chance, but I'm hopeful, we might get Giannis after all that anyway. So, and even if we don't, I like the heart and the honesty outside of, you know, the whole Tamar thing that happened. But the honesty and the dependability that we have. This is a very Toronto Raptors type of organization like like the way that it's run so i'm fine with where we are uh we've had enough years of what ifs and uh you know signs of hope that just went down the 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 crapper and just didn't go anywhere so uh i say completely not i don't want to explore that avenue at all first i want to say that i uh, okay well Three things. First, I want to agree with you, Dre. Second is I'm really glad that Dame Lillard, someone of his caliber, is in Portland because Portland has probably had one of the uh, unluckiest drafting <laughs> uh, when it comes to like, draft history with you know Michael Jordan and and not drafting Kevin Durant and all that stuff. So I'm glad that they have Dame Lillard at least, and who's very very um, loyal to Portland. Uh, secondly, I, I'm, I'm sure you've guys seen this already, but there is this like, I believe like a week ago, they were saying you have four options: you rather sign uh, Masai to a ten year, Giannis to a five year, Kawhi for a five year, or Lowry uh, to have Lowry back at his uh, age thirty or something like that, uh, and. The majority, of course, and I think the right answer is ten years of Masai, because Masai is the one who not we're not just getting Messiah of himself, the the savior for the Raptors, but he he also kind of built a, a community and like the right management when it comes to the Raptors, like uh, hiring Bobby Webster, Dan Tolzman, Teresa Rich. It's he's built like something that I don't think Colangelo could have done and to make those hard decisions of even trading DeMar for for Kawhi and seeing the trades that we or seeing the drafts that we've drafted throughout the years like I 100% would stay with Masai and I'm hoping that if he does decide to go somewhere else uh, or not decide to stay with the Raptors, at least, and I don't think it will be with another team. I do. I do think that he's probably going to go into something for op, for in the office or maybe part ownership, uh, something in the NBA, something like that. I don't think he's going to be with another team. So to answer your question, Jay, long-windedly, I'd say the current timeline with Lowry and Masai, just because of that leadership for sure. Yeah. There's something to be said about the, knowing that there's a championship versus the prospect of one. But I think you both are right in terms of, yeah, that, I, I just can't imagine a, a timeline without Masai Ujiri, whether it's past, present, or future. So, yeah, I, I kind of thought that would go in a different direction, but I'm kind of glad that we're all aligned here. Uh, yeah. Let us know your thoughts, because that's that's kind of an interesting rabbit hole to think about. Um, but let's move on, because there's so much oh, more news to talk about. Was that? Rabbit hole to stripper pole. <laughs> that was totally worth saying again. Yes. Yeah, From rabbit hole to stripper hole. Uh, stripper pole. Whoopsie. <laughs> or... <laughs> oh, please edit that out. No, Never. I actually don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I figured. Okay. So <laughs> moving on to James Harden, um, he, he continues to make the news. I mean, he made the news last week with with trade demands uh, to Brooklyn and Philly. And now that trade demand list has apparently extended out to the Bucks and the Heat. Yeah, I, I won't go too long-winded on this. What do you guys What do you guys think of the, the latest in the Harden trade of Palooza? And uh, maybe throw in your thoughts if you would like if, uh, 
if and when uh, maybe the, the Raptors should be included in these talks. Okay, so just just to put, give you guys, Raptors fans, an update, um, Harden has given his, you know, uh, our favorite teams that he wants to be traded to. And uh, from these last couple of weeks, it was either Brooklyn, Philly, the Heat, and most recently Milwaukee. So first off, let me just say, one, I'm glad Raptors isn't on that list. And two, I I am all for um, player empowerment. Always. You got you to gotta look up for yourself. This is a cutthroat league and this is all about business. So when you have a chance to go for what you want to go for, i.e., you know, Ke- Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, obviously LeBron James, where they want to go, you do it. And you you work your ass off so you can be in this position. However, what James Harden is doing is not only detriment to himself, but it's just kind of detriment to everybody that's around him and his legacy, right? So when Westbrook was just traded to Washington, all he was talking about is his legacy and what he wants to leave uh, and who he wants to affect. Right now, James Harden is looking real bad. He... And and again, in his in his decision to let go of what forty two million dollars that he could have signed, he let that go, and now he's asking to be traded to to uh, a favorable team. When one, you have a brand new head coach in Steven Silas, you have a brand new GM in Raphael Stone. You're not even giving them a chance, and and for years they have tried to make a team around you, CP three, uh, Dwight Howard, Westbrook. They tried so is it really them that the or the higher-ups that is is screwing you over is it you who if you're gonna go to brooklyn out of philly or milwaukee you're gonna have to change your game anyway so what are you really trying to say you know the fact that you went out of your way during this offseason to go to parties to go to the stripper holes (laughs) i had to say it man but the fact that he went out of his way to show that that he ha- he was having a time of his life with the money that you know he obviously earned of course but now that you have to even if you came into training camp you would have to uh, quarantine which he's doing right now you would have to quarantine for like 12 days or you have to have like seven negative tests or something like that you're putting that uh, in effect to your own team so what does it really say and i think that's such a bad bad look on james harden man i'm so i'm so glad that the raptors aren't on that list yeah i have to agree there's nothing wrong with a superstar player basically trying to finagle what he deserves and i think that um part of the problem i find is that this the offseason is so short because if this was done earlier with a lot of time to figure things out it would have been more like a Kawhi thing except maybe not as quiet because you know james it's james harden who uh, publicly announced that he wants to leave but still it would have been like maybe figured out where it's like i want to go on this team with jimmy butler well, we can't do Jimmy. Who else do you want? Paul George? Okay, oh, we could do that. But because there's no time, all these other teams have already figured out what their seasons are going to look like. They're in training mode. They're in, uh, like, they figured out their, their budgeting. They have everything worked out. This, to me, feels like an absolute wrecking ball to any organization that accepts them. And I feel like that, I, I have to give get big kudos to a lot of the organizations that didn't just give into the demands where it's like, okay, I want to go to the 76ers, but you know, Houston would probably want Ben Simmons and the 76ers organization is like, well, we don't feel that great about giving up Ben Simmons because we have a great young core here with Embiid and Simmons and we got new leadership. We got some new key players. We want to give this one last run. Okay, what about the Nets? A super team? And it's like, I don't know, because what would we have to give up for him to be a Net? You know, we want to try this thing with KD and Kyrie because we didn't get a chance to last year. We have a hell of a lot of players that can surround them. Do we really want to give any of that up? I don't know. So no teams have, like, rushed into it and met these urgent demands. And the problem is the closer to the season it gets – the more whoever accepts this is going to get screwed because it's basically going to be like, okay, well, Houston is trying to get rid of him, so they're going to trade him up for nothing. 
or they keep him and he doesn't want to play. It's going to be a disaster for Houston, which is already an imploding team. Or it's just going to be ugly. No matter any which way I, I see it, unless it's like an even trade. But I don't think any of the teams that are uh, on his list are interested in giving up a Ben Simmons or giving up a Kyrie Irving or, or whomever. And I don't know. If it was a longer postseason, then I think maybe they would have had time to figure this out, but they don't, like they they just don't, and he's just gonna have to suck it up. Stop being selfish in this regard, because in other years when it's like Carter saying I'm not gonna dunk, Anthony Davis basically refusing to play, Walter Morning basically not even flying, which you know screw him after all these years. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> This is a pandemic year, and you're not just being an asshole. You're being unsafe for whatever organization you might be a part of, even those ones on your list. So be more considerate. Stop being like this. Your top 10 player, arguably top five in the league, depending on the Dan who you ask, grow up and be that person instead of fading into obscurity as a jackass of, of the season when really – you have so much promise that you shouldn't be like this. Yeah. I wish uh, I knew the answer to this question. Maybe you guys can keep me honest here, but whenever a superstar of his caliber has a wish list, how often do they actually get traded to those teams? And I think that it's something like 80% of the time they get their wish, right? Like AD had that with the Lakers. Um, and I am all of a sudden drawing a blank on others that have made similar requests, but I feel like for the most part, they get their wish, right? The only one who doesn't is Kawhi Leonard. And that worked out really well for the Raptors. And also because no one ever wishes to come to Toronto for some reason. Actually, no, we know the why, or the reason why. So my the reason why I bring that up is because if you're going to sulk and cry your way out what is the incentive for Houston to actually listen to his demands, right? Sure. Uh, I get, you know, he, he could totally be a sulk and, and affect the rest of the team and how they perform. So sure, grant his wish, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to get get him to a team that he wants to go to. Do what's best for your organization. Now, that team could actually end up being someone that's on his wish list, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, if you're Rockets ownership, look out for yourselves, right? 100%. And if the best deal you can get for Harden, because let's say, you know, as as Dre alluded to, let's say the Sixers don't want to part with Simmons. Let's say the Nets don't want to part with Irving. Fine. If the best you can get is like a Kevin Love out of Cleveland, then sure, ship him off to Cleveland. So this brings me to my next point about this is that, you know, bringing up the fact that the Kawhi thing happened two years ago, we were all keeping our eyes glued to odds makers and who has the odds on getting Kawhi. And I remember we all got really quite shocked to see the Raptors all of a sudden appear at the top of that list. Well, looking at the odds of where Harden will be traded before the trade deadline, look who's sitting there at number three, but the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> the Heat are number one. The Nets are number two, and the Raptors are sitting there ahead of the Sixers and way ahead of the Bucks. And it got me thinking, why is that the case? Well, I think the wording of that is important. It's Harden being traded before the trade deadline, not necessarily before the season. If you were to say before the season, I can guarantee you it's not going to be the Raptors. But the reason why I think the Raptors are up there at number three is because what if a couple of things happen? What if the Raptors get off to a slow start? What if... Giannis does sign that extension or or even just indicates that he is probably going to re-sign with Milwaukee after the season, then what's your plan B if you're the Raptors? If you've kept all this cap space open, who does it go to? Because I got to tell you, after Giannis, it's quite a big drop-off. If we assume that Kawhi is going to stay with the Clippers, which in and of itself is tentative, but if, that's t if you don't have a clear, you know, next one to go to after Giannis, maybe you consider trading for Harden, right? Because that is a top five superstar, right? So just something to think about. I'm not saying that I would necessarily agree with it. I think you both have raised some really good points in terms of, yeah, he's a great player, but what kind of a, a 
personality and attitude and character is he bringing to this organization, which prides itself on being and having a strong culture? I don't think that Harden brings that. So um, lots to think about here. I don't know, Jay. What do you think? Should we go to a break here? You know what? I I just love the fact that even when it comes to, you know, uh, storylines around the NBA, it's still we can still find a way that harks back to the Toronto Raptors, (laughs) which is why I love it, which is why I love it. But why don't we take a quick break? Uh, Raptors fans, uh, NBA fans, let us know your thoughts about Giannis. Of course, we're going to be talking about that the entire year. And and Harden, what's going to happen? Is is he going to be moved before the uh, trade deadline or even before the season begins? Let us know in the comments below. But until then, we'll come back. We'll talk about some more NBA news. And of course, the start of the preseason. Talk to you guys soon. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. at the top of our list uh we got the zanzibar so i mean anyway <laughs> <laughs> is that is that even still open i wish it wasn't but it is oh dear lord uh, okay well the we correct won't... answer was i have no idea Drew. Yeah, come cr- on now <laughs> no 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 it, the only reason why i know is because i i, I went to ryerson and, and uh i i just know a lot in all honesty, I've never been to a strip club. Like you're, you're digging yourself. You no. got to dig out, man. You gotta... <laughs> no, anybody, anybody who knows me knows I'm extremely anti-strip clubs, and I'm the type of person where if somebody 100%. did that for my bachelor party, I'd be freaking furious. In all honesty, so. Uh, and on that note, that's actually where my boys took me on my bachelor party. For real? <laughs> oh, we need to change topics. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Okay. Uh, this is why Tyree so, does not speak to the media. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So before we get into a whole different tangent, uh, again, the the Raptors preseason is about to start. Depending on when you guys listen to this, hopefully uh, tonight on the Friday uh, on the eleventh or tomorrow on the twelfth in the morning, getting ready for the preseason to start. Uh, but before we do that. Kyrie Irving is back in the news, and that, this is why I remember this, Dre. When you said when you said that basically Kyrie Irving is going to be back on his shit <laughs> I, you know, at this at this moment, I don't know. I feel like we we kind of all had uh, a moment to talk about this before we started recording, and it's like you know what? I kind of am for him because it, it's it's always been him against the media, right? And so I don't know if you guys have already have seen this before, Raptor fans, but Kyrie Irving was fined $25,000 for not appearing for media availability. And in my head, I'm like, doesn't Kyrie, doesn't Kyle Lowry also hate the media? Like, it's 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 a little strange why this happened. So recently, Kyrie Irving uh, was on uh, IG and posted, a, a quote from Malcolm X and then basically at the end of it he, he said you know stop so stop distracting me and my team and appreciate the art we move different over here now this is the funny part quote I do not talk to pawns my mm. attention interesting interesting choice of words what do you guys think well first off 
Kyrie Irving to me is kind of like a Jaden or Willow Smith where they, you know, they're trying to be socially conscious or philosophical, but at the same time, because they're not doing it properly, there's a lot of shrapnel that hits. Quoting Malcolm X is one thing, but comparing what he was saying to like being a basketball player talking to the news is a little insensitive. Look, okay, I fully otherwise understand where he's coming from. The media is very, very slanted. It's very skewed. And oftentimes, you're being asked loaded questions. And I'll never forget that guy who kept trying to ask Draymond Green about the floods. And, like, is this why the Splash Brothers keep doing so well? Because there's flooding that's killing people. You know, there's always, like, loaded questions and uh, manipulations of what people say. And I get it. A lot of players hate taking part in press junkets and I fully don't blame them because at the end of the day, that's more or less a business transaction that they don't want to deal with. So like Westbrook hates them. As you said, Lowry hates them. A lot of people hate press junkets and I don't blame them. Unfortunately, it's something that you've signed up to do. And if worse comes to worst, you could just show up and do what Westbrook does. Just say good execution 10,000 times. Like just don't really pay them any mind you're not gonna get fined you showed up be that guy from the, the nfl i think who was like i'm just here because i need to i need to show <laughs> up shot, shot, is that who it is i'm just here find so i'm just here so i won't get fined yes sir and <laughs> yeah, kevin love just said uh during his press conference he says that he loves Kyrie irving but calling anybody a pawn is sure a sign of disrespect which i agree that's with the other thing that's the other thing, because looking at the media as a juggernaut of misinformation is one thing. But targeting the people there who are the camera people, the reporters, not all of them are sketchy. Some of them, this is just their job, and they want to get into better forms of journalism. Don't call them pawns. That, to me, that shows like he's on an upper echelon looking down, basically saying, not that they're not worthy or anything, but just that you are sheeple being controlled. And it's like, at the end of the day, that's their job. You know, like they're not necessarily trying to be brainwashing, manipulative machines, like other parts of, of the media. This is their job. This is how they go home and they feed their families or themselves and they survive. This isn't their field. You can't just like resort to calling these people pawns because you're saying you're insinuating that they're brainwashed idiots or that they themselves are nefarious when that's not necessarily true. So again, I, I agree with what he's trying to say, but unfortunately some people like can bite up more than they can chew and they basically end up doing more damage than they intended, even though they're trying to be profound. So I, I get it. It should have been worded better. I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite end of this. Um, I, I think that I, I don't side with him at all. And you know that it's it's I, I equate it to doing a certain part of your job, right? Like we we all are lucky enough to have regular day jobs, and there are certain roles and tasks that we must do to in order to get our job done. And as part of your NBA contract, you have to show up for media availability. And you guys have said it already, right? It's like you don't have to do much; you just gotta sit there and take a couple of questions, right? And you know, it, and I hate to keep bringing this up with him, but, you know, ever since or even before he said the earth was flat, I mean, he's kind of, you know, opened himself up to scrutiny and criticism yeah. here, right? So it's hard for me as a regular consumer of basketball to really take you too seriously when you're spreading misinformation like that, right? So um, I, I don't know. I, if he wants to, you know, you know, stomp his feet and and not want to talk to the media, fine. Then then keep, you know, spending that fine money, right? And he's putting the pressure on the NBA and saying, "Hey, I'll pay these fines, uh, but I hope you use this money towards." And he starts listing off all these different, you know, underprivileged areas that need the money. Um, how about this? Why don't you show up and? Just pay for yourself, right? Like you're you you're already admitting that you're okay with paying the money, but why don't you pay that money and you know help out where you want to help out and show up and do your job, right? So again, the the question is not, you know, there he's not being asked to do too much here, and maybe I, I'm looking too far on one side of this, but I don't know. I, I 
I find it hard to take him too seriously. And it really is quite unfortunate because this is a season that Brooklyn Nets fans have been looking forward to. You know, if you think about Kevin Durant's injury and Kyrie's injuries and, you know, they've been looking forward to the season and to get it started on this foot when it hasn't even started is is not the greatest. And, you know, after speaking with uh, our friend Ariel of the uh, Mm -hmm. NBA Asians podcast over in, in, in Brooklyn, He's he's finding it too. He was him and I were speaking earlier today, and he was he was really kind of ticked off that this the the fan base is so divided on this, and, and that it's kind of tearing them apart. Even again before the season's even started, so I'm kind of hoping that this kind of washes over and that things kind of cool down before the season starts because that Brooklyn Nets team has so much promise and it's off to a rocky start. Yeah, throw throw in. James Harden, please. Just the ticking time bomb of Kyrie oh and James Harden and Kevin Durant in one team would be the absolute best to watch and the worst feeling for the Brooklyn Nets fans. But I digress. I mean, uh, everyone ha- absolutely everyone has their own opinion, and Kyrie Irving has his too. So let's leave it at that, I think, for now. Um, and then we'll see by the by the beginning of the year because apparently he 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 also seems uh, uh, fine when he's taking all those pictures as well uh, in the Brooklyn black and white. So Ooh, as okay. as that was a sharp blow. Well, there you go. Uh, the the Raptors preseason are uh, is just around the corner. Actually, it's, it's going to happen in less than or a little bit over twenty four hours, uh, and we are I guess facing Charlotte twice. Saturday and Monday, and we're going to see the first of Mello um, and also of Gordon Haywood in Teal. It's going to be a little strange, but uh, are you, you know, I mean, the the best thing we can talk about is how you guys feeling about the preseason. You guys, are you guys confident that, that we'll probably see less of Fred and 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 Kyle and probably more of the rookies uh, and some Norman Powell and OG, uh, uh, you know, time on the floor. So what do you guys think, man? And you guys, are you guys excited for the preseason? I have a feeling we're going to see a little bit of Pascal just so he can prove that he's been working and uh, it's going to be fantastic. So he's going to do like two quarters, show that he kicks ass and then just sit on the bench. It's going to be amazing. So outside of like the rookie stuff, maybe seeing some signs of Baines and what he's going to bring. I'd love to see a tiny bit of Pascal action just so it's like we're starting off the season on the right foot. And this is preseason. Nobody really cares about jitters and shit, right? So start on the right foot. And then when game one hits, Pascal has all of that confidence that he needed back. So aside from that, rest everybody else. And I'm more interested in seeing if that Hornets team is either going to be a complete and utter mess or if they actually have something there. I, I'm actually looking forward to the camp battles um, for those last spots on the roster. Right now, it does look very much like Jalen Harris, the second round draft pick, as well as... Paul Watson will be the two uh, two-way players, but you know, judging by what we've read and heard and seen from those Rico Hines runs, Paul Watson's apparently been doing very well playing alongside Pascal and guarding the likes of KD and other NBA stars and, and holding his own. So I'm kind of excited to see how Paul Watson will play. Um, assuming he will get some run over these next couple of games against Charlotte and seeing if he can actually crack the roster. And that would, again, open up his two-way spot, but also essentially kick out O'Shea Brissett, who does not qualify for a two-way. So some some playing around here in terms of the roster spots. Um, but uh, just just to recap or to remind everybody that the right now the last roster spot does reside looks like it's going to be given to O'Shea Brissett while the two two ways are currently with Paul Watson and Jalen Harris but on just on the outside looking in you've got Elise Johnson you have Utah Watanabe man I, I should really try pronouncing these names before we get on the air anyways we're trying um, to eat them <laughs> uh so those two are kind of trying to squeeze their way into the roster but they're kind of on the outside looking in so yeah it should be a really interesting uh battle to watch out for but um yeah i'm just excited to see some some raps basketball i don't anticipate that the starters will get a whole lot of minutes i think mm-hmm. it will be exciting to see the the newcomers like baines and Bembry and len um but yeah i did let's just get some basketball on there and uh uh see how how they do against uh, the newly i wouldn't say revamped hornets but i guess 
the new-ish Hornets. Uh, yep. There you go. Putting a, a bow on like whatever the garbage was before and saying, "Hey, okay, we got something else here. Let's see what happens." <laughs> Let's see what happens. Well, there you have it. I mean, first preseason game, as I said, on the twelfth, uh, and then the next one is going to be on a Monday. Uh, on the 14th and then finally we have a, a, a final preseason game against Miami on Friday and then there you have it Raptors basketball NBA is back on the 23rd against New Orleans I hope you all are excited I know this is a very very fast paced but take this as an early Christmas day uh, gift everybody. but until then Dre where can I find you my friend you can find me at you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs and you can follow my film editorial and, and review website, filmsfatale.com, no spaces. My top 100 films of the 1960s is up. And in one month's time, it's going to be the top 100 films of the 50s. Instead of every two months, it's going to start to be every next subsequent month. And then, basically, you're going to have like an entire parade of best films ever. So, um... It's exciting times, but God, am I exhausted. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, find my writing and this podcast that you're listening to on Raptors HQ. I have an article coming out. I don't know if by the time this episode comes out, if you'll be able to see it already, but uh, we are going through the player previews heading into the season. And I had the privilege of writing up something on Alex Len. Uh, I've already submitted it, so it should be up any day now. So look out for that. And that's me. There you go. There you have it. And uh, you can find all of us at That's a Rap Pod. I didn't get a chance to say this uh, a couple pods ago, but I wanted to congratulate um, uh, Adam Corsair and South of the Sixth. He is uh, hang- hanging up or, or no, I guess... Hanging or, up the mic. There it is. Yeah. However you say it, he's he's retiring the south of the six, and I, and I think that his uh, uh, influence on Raptors basketball in in on on social media and Twitter, and especially for us, he was he was one of the first to contact us and basically uh, bring us into the community. And I thank him for that, and I congratulate him for that. So so thank you, Adam, uh, and I hope you do you you're doing really well with uh, while she's napping already. So there you go. Um, but. Again, you can find us at That's a Wrap on Twitter, That's a Wrap Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Quillet.io uh, if you want me to work on your podcast. But until then, preseason is here. Raptors basketball is back. We the North. Let's go for that championship run again. Until then, that's a wrap.